fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try to Wolfpack, what is going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, rotostreetjournal.com, where we breed and feed fantasy wolves back with your Monday market report, your week 11 risers, fallers, injuries, and of course, early look at the waiver wire for the first time in a couple weeks. It's been a little while. I apologize for being out. CJ destroyed my laptop last week, had unfortunately to attend some services the week before, but I am thrilled to be back. Recap all your crucial lessons, takeaways from a wild week 11. As always, we'll go risers, then we'll do fallers, waiver wire, penny stocks, uh, and then of course, some injuries as well to make sure you know everything you need before moving on to week 12. Yes, week 12, folks. We are already there. It's insane. Now, if you're on the podcast, the Fantasy Fullback Dive, where we pave your path to 2019 titles, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate your support there. Would love to have you join us on this live broadcast as well. Anyone tuned in here on Facebook, get in your questions, let me know any waiver wires, sit starts, anything I can do to help you out and answer it. But let's get on to our Week 11 risers, starting with a name I don't think I'd ever thought I'd type here. That's Mr. Joe Mixon. The guy has been going off for 16 fantasy points three straight weeks, this time going 15 carries, 86 yards, and a TD. Do you have your RB2, your second-round pick, back now? Eh, maybe. I mean, Ryan Finley, it seems like the team is very content just to move forward, win ugly, grind out the clock, and just end things, and that obviously plays into the strengths of Joe Mixon. Uh, he was last week with Gio Bernard getting banged up, was in for 75% of the snaps. The first time he was over even 65% this year. Just for context, last year he was over 65% in 11 of 14 games. Uh, so this has been an anomaly. We've been getting the worst type of snap usage, but then he goes over 61% again. Uh, that's now the, uh, the sixth time he's been over six, he's been under 60% in six of 10 games. But when he's been over those, he's had at least 15 points in all those games. So the guy, when he gets used, has been just as good as ever, no matter what the shit is around him. Uh, the schedule's not great, but not horrible. A couple nice matchups worked in there to the end. Uh, so if these stamp rates continue, if the team wants to just keep bleeding out the clock and winning ugly, or not winning, losing ugly, just making their losses even uglier, sorry. <laughs> Certainly not winning if you're in fucking Cincinnati, pathetic Bengals. Uh, but ultimately, they just want to get in and get out and just continue their tank. At least one one team in the league can finally tank, and Mixon's just going to get that usage here on out. A solid, you know, top 20 running back here on out, in my opinion. I think he can keep it rolling. After him, a guy that I just was not on at all and has been absolutely blow up, the waiver wire pickup of the year. He's already locked in that hardware, in my opinion. That's Mr. DJ Chark. Uh, he's going to be a league, not only just a league winner for what he's done already, the wide receiver five in fantasy points right now, more than DeAndre Hopkins, more than Julio Jones, more than Cooper Cup, among many others. Only four guys have outscored this guy so far this year. But not only that, as he's just already been carrying you for a $0 price tag, he's going to carry you down your playoff stretch. And I assure you this, Nick Foles comes back. 
15 targets go to DJ Chark. 15. A whopping, insane, team-high 15 targets. And the guy feasts on them. Eight catches, 104 yards, two scores. Uh, It's clear-cut. He is the elite wide receiver one of this Jaguars team. A lot of people speculating, oh, will it be, you know, D.D. Westbrook? They had that connection over the summer, and Foles loves his slot, guys. Maybe Chark takes a back seat. Nope. Locked in right off the bat, D.J. Chark gets that elite volume right from Nick Foles. He caught, you know, three touchdowns now through five quarters with Nick Foles. The pace is insane. But not only this, not only can we have rave about what he's done, but what's to come. He gets Tennessee this coming week with no Malcolm Butler. We just saw Mahomes bombard these guys. Then Tampa Bay the next week, first most points to wide receivers. Then the Chargers, a tough matchup, 25th. Oakland, and then Atlanta, 5th and 7th most points to wide receivers for your final two weeks of the playoffs. This guy has not only got you to the playoffs because he's such an absolute stud off the waiver wire, he could carry you to titles. Huge fan of DJ Chark from the rest of season on. Giuseppe, the first question of the day. Thanks so much for getting that one in. I'm up 111.54 to 59.40. I have Sammy Watkins. He has Mahomes, Reek Hill, and Gordon. Holy shit, you're facing a wild matchup here, Russo. I'm in the same style of boat, too. Um... I, I am up by 47. I'm facing Mahomes, Gordon, and Eckler. So I don't feel great because I don't have anyone going. You essentially have no one going unless me Watkins hails in just a monster. So that's what, 60, a little less than 60? You know, I, I, it's not looking great, I, I wouldn't say, because Gordon, Hill, Mahomes, I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't love your chances, not going to lie, Giuseppe. But maybe you get lucky and get a big, big uh, Watkins bomb right from the start. Alrighty, folks, let's move on to another wide receiver. You can see this list is just littered with wide receivers. A lot of injuries around people or quarterbacks, you know, play ascending, different things like that. And we got some names to cover. Devontae Parker being one of them. I never thought that name would come out of my mouth in a positive sense. Holy hell, the guy has been the definition of fantasy fool's gold. The amount of times he's just destroyed your fantasy seasons after being the preseason MVP year in and year out. But it's finally all come together. The year you finally abandoned him, the guy has been lights out this season. And he has his best game, sets season highs uh, with 135 yards, 10 targets, 7 catches, all of those season highs. Um, a, a very solid day. And this comes on the heels of losing Preston Williams. Is that nervous, you know, is he going to be able to perform without anyone else around him? Performs even better. Facing Tredavious White and still lights it up in a tough matchup. He's wide receiver 24 on the season right now, which is crazy. A top uh, wide receiver two in that sense. And now he's going to have the easiest stretch run here. Gets Philly, New York Jets, the Giants, and Bengals for his last four. The guy is going to be a monster. He has earned that set and forget status. He's been top. Uh, he's been double digit points for five of his last seven weeks. And the weeks he wasn't, it wasn't like he killed you. 8.9's been his low in these last, and that's half PPR. He's probably been double digits, full PPR every single week. Uh, so Parker, just really getting it done. The The Dolphins are going to continue to suck and they're going to need to throw. And now it's clear there's no one else there that they're chucking to. Uh, Parker's that dominant target hog and has the best stretch run schedule. The best matchups are saved for last and he's already been getting it done in tough ones. Feel great about Parker. Lock him into your lineups moving forward. And every week, wide receiver two. 
John Brown, speaking of every week wide receiver twos, even more upside, even more security there. Uh, the guy has been one of the highest floor guys all season. And you know, you probably heard the stats on whatever broadcast you tune into. 50 or more yards in every single game this season. Only Michael Thomas has matched that so far this year. Uh, but it's the ceiling that we wanted with John Brown, the deep threat, the guy that can take the lid off the defense and rip them for, you know, 60-yard bombs. We finally got it. Nine catches, 137 yards, and two scores. A monstrous, almost 40-point effort for the guy. Uh, obviously, you know, the Dolphins are as complete cake as can be, but still, those two, Josh Allen and John Brown, we've raved about him in the preseason. We, we heard tons of reports coming out that their chemistry was unstoppable, and man, we're seeing it on display each and every week, but especially nice reminder that this guy has a humongous ceiling. He's now the wide receiver 15 on the season. I imagine him to stay right in that wide top, you know, 20 wide receiver each and every week, and a decent schedule here down the stretch, too. He's had some of his best matchups lately, but still has a couple good ones. But speaking of wide receivers that are blowing up here, Calvin Ridley absolutely feasts his first game without Austin Hooper. Goes off, catches all eight of his targets for 143 yards and a touchdown. Gets the elite grade from Pro Football Focus his first time ever. Uh, 91.8 is a perfect score, essentially, for the guy. Gets six first downs, 158.3 perfect passer rating when targeted by Matt Ryan. And uncoincidentally seems to come right as Austin Hooper is removed from the lineup. Right when they need that clear number two that Hooper had been providing. And, and Ridley was going to done all over the field on deep routes, on short intermediate, ripping, you know, chunk gains and chunk gains. I really love what I saw from Ridley. They've got a nice stretch run here. And if, you know, it's about a month or so they're saying for Hooper. Now we're going to get to injuries in a little bit. There's now some optimism. Maybe he could, you know, smash that timetable, be back as early as this or next week. Even still, though, when he's out of the lineup, it's clear Ridley's target share is going to take a nice bump up. And you have to feel much better about him. Let's get to Jamison Crowder. Then I'm going to get all your questions to wrap up the risers in a second. But Crowder, if I told you this... Who has scored the most fantasy points over the last three weeks at wide receiver? I don't know how long it might take you to get to Jamison Crowder. He has been the number one guy, whether half PPR or full. He's outscored every single wide receiver with at least 75-plus yards, a TD, and five-plus catches in all three of those weeks straight. The definition of consistency, just 16, 18, 20. He's been just destroying it out of the slot. Him and Sammy D have that just insane chemistry, that insane rapport going on. It's clear-cut. It's not going to be uh, the Robbie Anderson come cave show like it was last year with Sam Darnold. Nope, that's Crowder. Out of the slot, just dominating. Uh, but again, no one has outscored um, Jamison Crowder over these last three weeks, and he still hasn't even had his best matchups. Oakland, Cincinnati, and Miami in his next three Give me a spin on my hand, and I'm, I'm just going to take a couple seconds here before I return to the broadcast. Folks, you got to love Jamison Crowder. Locked in. I got so many sit starts about this guy last week. Um, at this point, stop asking me about him. He's got to be the answer. He's going to be the start, unless it's like him versus, you know, Mike Evans or something like that. Jamison Crowder, though, unbelievable play uh, for the rest of the season. A lot of people, we, we told you to buy low. He was the one that's truly panning out from those Jets. All right, let's get to your questions. I'll show you the followers so you know what's coming up um, in the next segment, but I want to get to any questions, comments. As I'm getting there, again, of course, you know, early sit starts, waiver wire, whatever you guys need, any trade questions if your deadline hasn't hit yet. 
Um, and, and I do want to just quickly plug, we're going to cover much more of this news uh, than what we have here in the app, the Roto Street Journal, RSJ. You can search that in your art, um, your app store. Appreciate any downloads and feedback, or you can just bookmark rotostreetjournal.com slash stockwatch. And any likes or, or comments, yeah, come on, give us some likes. Only six likes right now. Got a good audience right now. Keep it coming. Get the comments in. Give us some likes. And even better, if you're willing to share this out to any fantasy football groups you're in or your your feed, we'd love to you know help as many people as possible. But of course, we want you to win your league too. I'm down 12. I have Eckler, Keenan, and Hunter Henry. He has Tyreek. <laughs> that is terrifying. I have Tyreek Hill with a 12-point lead, CJ. Not great. Uh, Eckler, Keenan. I mean, you got your weapons, though. But uh, I hope you get it because, one, I'm personally, so my situation, and feel free to comment in where you guys are at right now because uh, I do care. I love to hear these stories. I personally, I'm up 47. I'm facing Mahomes, Gordon, and Eckler. So what do you think of my chances? Send me you know, some love. Send me an angry face, whatever. I don't feel great about it, but you never know. You know, I hope Keenan and Hunter Henry light it up for you, CJ, because that means maybe I have a little bit of hope. Dylan Adams saying he traded Chubb for Aaron Jones right before the deadline. I remember you told me that, though. Got Fournette, Jacobs, Jones, Murray. Pretty stacked for 12-team, but I know Godwin. What the fuck is going on with him, man? Uh, you know, the number one receiver in fantasy for the, like, first eight, nine weeks, and now just like, eh. James is sucking, but that stretch run schedule, my friend, Hang strong, Dylan. I really think that Bucks passing attack will get it together. Uh, Godwin being a major reason for that. But yeah, you got a stacked RB core. Let's just hope Fournette can fucking get his head out of his ass, dude. Uh, that's been brutal. But yeah, and, and Chubb, you know, I, I like Aaron Jones down the stretch here. A couple nice matchups too. David, thanks for sharing, man. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm down 14 and I have Eckler tonight. What are your thoughts on my chances? I think you got a decent shot there, David. Uh you know, it's one of those things where he's only had like 12 or so since Gordon's returned. I don't have the exact game logs, but I remember looking at it because I'm facing him. I was like, oh, he's only had like 10, 11. He's got a nice, decent floor, but he hasn't had any of those blowups that we're used to. Now, granted, the Chiefs do give up the most points to running backs. And again, I'm facing both of them. Uh, but, but I think your chances are okay. I don't want to give you any false hope. I'd give it truly a coin flip here because he hasn't been hitting over that. But still, you know, he's got he's a talent. It's a terrible tackling defense. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him break a big one uh, and ruin your hopes and dreams. I hope not. Is Williams from Indy worth a waiver and dropping Kalen Balaj? Absolutely. Kalen Balaj, dude? Come on, David. What the hell would have you ever hanging on to Kalen Balaj? What, did he have 20 carries for 40 yards last week? Uh, and that raised his season high average. And then this week, yeah, he fell into the end zone. But what, do he have nine yards on eight carries? Like It is the worst among the worst running backs I think I've ever seen enter the league. Uh, so that is absolutely atrocious. And yes, definitely worth dropping for Williams. We're going to get into him and the backs in a minute. But let's hit a few fallers here. Uh, keep your comments, questions, everything coming on in, guys. I appreciate the interaction uh, before I get ready for a bludgeoning tonight from Mahomes. All right, David Johnson, who else could I leave the fallers off with than this motherfucking first round asshole pick? Are you kidding me? What the hell? Negative point two across the last three games played that he's gotten you. Hopefully he wasn't in your lineups. Hopefully by now you're like, okay, I can't put him in until I see something. But if you did, and now he's ruined like four straight weeks for you, I don't blame you at all for 
wanting to go murder him, Cliff Kingsbury, both together. It is awful what this guy has become in fantasy. And the worst part is he was that locked-in 15-point workhorse uh, every single week was dominant. But Drake just looks better. Uh, You look at the snaps, you look at the touches here. Nine snaps for David Johnson, exactly zero touches. Doesn't even log a single motherfucking touch. Thank you, David, for coming. Oh, boy. Uh, That's my first rounder right there. Thanks, David. Mm. Ah. But in meanwhile, Kenyon Drake, 22, all the touches, gets them all. All running back touches went to Kenyon Drake. I played, what, like 60 of the snaps. I mean, almost all snaps went to him as well. Uh, six Total 67 yards, just much more effective looks. I've always liked Drake. That's why I was so nervous when he went there, but I didn't think it was going to get this bad. The bye week does come here. You know, what happens? Maybe he gets rested up fully healthy. But at this point, you know, he himself tweeted out Welp and, you know, what's going on. Like, he, he seems lost. To me, it seems like a move where they, they might try to get rid of Johnson. Uh, Drake looking just so explosive. And you almost hope, especially if you picked up Drake as a Johnson owner, uh, that they just give it the workload to one guy. But then Chase Edmonds could be coming back. Holy hell, it becomes hideous. But the only guy I really would ever trust in my lineup after their Week 12 bye Kenyon Drake, again, uh, 22 touches this week, and doing a nice job racking up some decent yardage against a very tough 49ers D. They got a couple nice matchups down the stretch here, but why the hell are you even fucking playing David Johnson if you're just going to put him in for nine meaningless snaps and not even give him a single touch? What are you doing, Cliff Kings? Oh my God, sorry, sorry. So I'm going to get my, my composure here, but man, he is among the biggest fallers, uh, and I wouldn't be shocked if you couldn't put him in your fantasy lineup again the rest of the season. Just absolutely awful, awful stuff. Uh, and other fallers here on the other side of that ball in that same game, Tevin Coleman. What's happened to him since that four-touchdown blowup? Predicted by yours truly and Ian Hart. It's on our DFS show Thursday nights. Make sure you tune in. Having some great predictions so far on that one. Uh, Coleman made us some money, but then since then, he's been abysmal, pathetic. 23, 40, 14 yards in his last game. Under 10 fantasy points in those three state. Hasn't had a touchdown. It's been bad for Tevin Coleman, folks, as you would know if you're an owner. It's been nothing to write home about at all. And this is even with Breida out of the lineup this week. 14 yards is all he manages. Mostert in there for even more snaps. Oh, hideous. Uh, I get that the schedule has been a little tough, but it doesn't look like it's getting much better. Uh, and this guy has gone in short order from a locked in, you know, high end RB2 behind a better line and a great scheme to now it's committee hell and he's looking slow and sluggish and dinged up. Oh, Tevin Coleman, man. Uh, definitely tough to see what's going on. In a get right bounce back this week, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, now I know he's on the fallers. I guess the Packers, and they're a horrible run D. So I wouldn't be shocked to see like a two TD effort right after I shit on him. Uh, but just goes to show you how uh, you know low that floor truly is. Uh, so Tevin Coleman definitely among the fallers on that season long big board uh, that will be posted momentarily after this. Another faller, a guy that I was stoked about, especially as a Patriots fan, Mohamed Sanu. Seemed like we might finally have a consistent number two wide receiver here to Julian Edelman show. Uh, 14 targets, 10 catches, just immediately fitting in the chemistry out of this world. Not even thinking while he's out there. Him and Brady, they're just so in sync uh, out there. Two catches, four yards, an eight-yard rush attempt. 
Oh, my good God, Sanu. Uh, what a lineup devastator. Was locked in ace for all my DraftKings. Kind of tanked my week. Thanks for that one, Sanu. Much appreciated you losing me that. Uh, but ultimately, too, for anyone in the season-long owners, I'm sure you had him in there uh, against a bad Philly defense, and he just did nothing. Absolutely. And that's a, just as easy of a matchup as you can get. They've been giving up the second most points to outside wide receivers. It's actually decent at defending the slot, but they've been getting destroyed on the outside, and Sanu just does not take advantage. Nikhil Harry's active, gets even more targets. Uh, it's just like, ugh. Now that becomes gross, and it's like from this guy that I thought might be a high-end wide receiver to the rest of the year to Kenya even playing. Uh, so you got to have Sanu taking a fair hit on your wide receiver rankings here. Another one just disgusting that we thought was ready to turn the season around and isn't David Montgomery. Could anybody else deserve a couple big middle fingers more than David Montgomery? Holy shit, this guy sucks. 14 carries for a whopping 34 yards. Thanks, David, for the nice 2.2 yards per carry. A nice 19-yard catch on three targets. Oh, good God. When he finally seems to stabilize, when he finally is getting, you know, 21, 22, nobody other than Christian McCaffrey had more touches than him for that two-week span. It's like, all right, the season's back on track. David Montgomery, stretch run hero. Let's do it. And then gets six points against Detroit, giving up the most points to running backs, and then follows it up with a beautiful, robust 5.5. Oh. God, it's disgusting. The offense is horrendous. They cannot move the ball. The line is dinged up. They're not opening any holes. When we thought there'd be plenty of touchdown chances after this was a top 10 scoring offense last year, they just have not been there because Trubisky is the worst quarterback in the league. Uh, But even worse than him is the play calling by Matt Nagy. It is disgusting. This is not the Matt Nagy we had known and loved. Uh, You got to just feel horrible about David Montgomery Ugh, just makes you sick as soon as you think he's going to get back on track to see this type of garbage. Another tight end that you thought was going to be a nice you know, quality addition for you, Gerald Everett, right off of leading the team in targets uh, with 12 of them last week, gets all of one. One. Thanks, Jared. Jared Goff. Huh? We're a real fan. Ugh. But it has been just atrocious what has become of Jared Goff this year. Abysmal, pathetic. Uh, and Gerald Everett gets only one target, hauls it in for 20 yards. It's a nice catch, too. I get the guy who's dinged up. He only plays 14 snaps. Like, ugh. This was a blow-up style spot. Chicago was giving up the second most points to tight ends coming into this one. And he does absolutely nothing. Uh, and just, again, concerning snap trends, concerning health, concerning Jared Goff play, just all of it absolutely has sucked. Now I'm going to lump a bunch of people into one category. You know, when we grade out our players, we all talk about, um, you know, everyone recognizes talent, opportunity, and usage being the two clearest cut, most important factors for fantasy value. But in our our opinion, the third and fourth tied uh, is the coaching scheme we love, but also surrounding talent. And man, we've seen a couple players have awful surrounding talent swings lately, and it's been ugly. Uh, One of them being any Bengals wide receivers, Ryan Finley at quarterback, it has been somehow even worse than Andy Dalton. Uh, Nobody more impacted right now than Tyler Boyd. In the juiciest of matchups against that awful Oakland defense, giving up the the first most points to wide receivers coming into the day, Boyd gets a nice one catch on three targets for how many yards? Zero. Zero, Tyler. Thanks. 
uh, awful day for Mr. Tyler Boyd um, and, and really Erickson if you used him. Auden Tate was going to kind of be the man it seemed, the target hog for Finley throughout the game, but he got you know destroyed, concussed unfortunately, and you know, prayers up to him. It seems like he's going to be fine. Uh, but Tyler Boyd, man, that's the one that most people have back in their lineups or trusting, and he gets you nothing outside of a 10-yard rush. Ugh, just horrible, horrible. And meanwhile, another you know wide receiver that just it seemed like maybe would get it together, Curtis Samuel, 25 yards, scoreless, nothing. Kyle Allen just getting worse and worse by the week. It seemed like he might be the one to unlock the value when he first came in. He's just getting worse. Four interceptions, a pathetic game. Maybe the worst game we saw on the entire slate of, of quarterbacking this entire week. Uh, maybe of the season. Just abysmal, the interceptions this guy was throwing. It's become the clear-cut McCaffrey. We already knew that. But also DJ Moore has been the only other source of offense for this team. Um, and Curtis Samuel has just been awful in that stretch. He, in fact, has 50 yards or less in five of his last seven, he hasn't hit 100 yet on the season. Randall Cobb's done that twice in the last two weeks, and Samuel hasn't hit it yet. Yeah, he's been scoring some TDs. He has three in his last five, but if he doesn't score, he's essentially ruining your lineups. Uh, so Curtis Samuel, man, in, in a blow-up spot against Atlanta, did not take advantage. And one other guy even more important than any of these ones I've mentioned, Kenny Galladay. One catch on five targets for 34 yards in the loss. Uh, get Driscoll. He's actually looked better than you know expected, better than Kyle Allen, better than, of course, Ryan Finley. He's been slinging. He's been chucking, letting his receivers go up and make plays. You saw Jones get two touchdowns. So it's not completely hopeless here with Jeff Driscoll. But it's not pretty. It's inconsistent. Jones did nothing last week. Galladay caught a bomb, you know, fluky kind of touchdown. And then this week disappears. And that's just kind of the volatility you're going to have to start expecting with uh, Jeff Driscoll at QB. Now, you know, Matt Stafford, he's week-to-week back fractures. I wouldn't be shocked if he just kind of gets shut down for the year, though. What do they have to really risk and play him out here for? Uh, maybe they just kind of try to showcase Driscoll a little bit. And if that's the case, you know, Galladay might have a, a blow-up here or there. But it's tougher and tougher to trust this guy as a starter. In fact, I had him outside my top 40 this week, and that that ended up panning out for me. Um, So you got to be nervous about Jeff Driscoll and what it means for Kenny Galladay. And any quarterback, whenever you get the backup quarterback coming in, um, very few wide receivers are quarterback-proof. So we're seeing a lot of that impacted. All righty, we're going to get to our waiver wires, injuries, all that good stuff. But first, I want to hit all the questions we have sitting here. I left off at Heggs. I wouldn't bat an eye if Brian Hill got the e, triple E virus. Yeah, I, I, he certainly deserves it for the play that he had. It was completely horrendous. Uh, what was it, 15 carries for 30 yards, not even a score. You know, it gets vultured by Allison. Oh, God, that was hideous. Thank God I didn't blow a single dime to get him on my waiver wires. Uh, absolutely pathetic. And we're saying Robert Murner, the Connor injury cost you lost by eight. Oh, damn, man. It sucks when a game comes down to the injury like that. Like, just don't play. Samuels would lit it up for you, you know. Uh, and now we're going we're to get to injuries in a little bit, but who knows if he's going to end up playing this week for you. Uh, sorry to hear that one, Robert. You know, I'll, I'll drink a little water to you. I'm sure that means a lot. Dylan Adams. Yeah, I got Chark week three off the waiver wire. How was he sitting out there still all the way at week three? That's insane. Godwin, Chark, Debo. I, and Debo, we're going to talk about uh, momentarily. Uh, but, oh, shit. I think I did I not. Injuries. I got the injuries in. One sec. I, you're going to see a live fixing of the menu because it's not Mark Walton week. This was like three weeks ago. Uh, one sec, folks. Where is it? Penny stock slides. Here we go. 
you're going to see the list of penny stocks. You mentioned Debo, and he's at the top of this list. Debo Samuels, what a absolute monster effort. Ah, uh, waiver wire. Oh, well, this menu's kind of weird, but here you go, folks. I thought I had this all set. All righty. Waiver wire. Here's the guys that you need to look at. Not Mark Walton, folks. <laughs> Darren Fells, Alex Madison. Um, but now we're all set here. Uh, you mentioned Debo Samuel on there, Dylan. So uh, you, you did the waiver wire well at wide receiver. What an absolute monster effort from uh, Debo here. Back-to-back 100-yard games. Um, so I'm finding my notes here. I just got a little lost. Uh, Debo. So I, I think he could be a fantasy stretch run hero. Um, and that's what I labeled him as, as the headline for this article. He catches 8 of 10 targets, 134 yards uh, in the win against the Cardinals, back-to-back 100-yard days. What I love is the physicality after the catch. This guy is just shredding through defenses, shredding through arm tackles, breaking through every single time. I think he's up to the third most. Uh, it's seven yards after the catch right now, after each catch he's averaging. Um, and that's third in the league. So this guy has been a beast with the ball in his hands. Sanders now dinged up too, and he became that entire offensive engine, that pass game engine for Jimmy G. Now he's 54% owned, so might not be out there in your leagues uh, unless you're in a little bit of a shallower league, but I wanted to make sure to shout him out because if he's there, this is the type of guy you spend every single dollar you have left to get because he truly could be that stretch run style hero. Um, the talent is there. The usage is there. He has that rapport, that trust going with uh, Jimmy G. After that, you know, a couple weeks ago, everyone joking about that drop and how it's going to ruin his season. It seems like he's finally come into that circle of trust for real here. Um, and, and I'm all about Debo Samuel for the rest of the season. He has a little bit of shoulder injury just to make sure you check it out. But rest of season, this guy could be a stretch run hero for you. So double check if he's out there. Another guy on a lot of waiver wires... In fact, pretty much all waiver wires entering Sunday, and then leagues that let you pick up during games. Um, there could have been, you know, some action here. Bo Scarbo, uh, that monster running back, former Alabama product, just built like an absolute refrigerator. Uh, you're, you're just workhorse style, slap him on the ass and feed him 30 times style back. Somehow back in the league, and I didn't had no clue he was even on the lines till I heard pregame he's going to get the call up. But he gets 14 carries, definitely led the team in that category. Uh, rips off 55 yards and finds the end zone too. So a surprisingly decent day here for Bo Scarborough. Leads the team also with 31 snaps, outsnapping Ty Johnson and McKissick, who had 18 and 14 respectively. Uh, so Scarborough, a solid day for the guy. Um, and, and, you know, this could be that early down work. I mean, they've been so inconsistent with their running backs, but he's that style. He profiles at what Daryl Bevel loves, a power back, a big guy that you can just kind of slap and get him going. And with, you know, the Redskins on the docket for next week, if he they get that early lead, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get 15, 20 carries and be a very useful flex uh, from this week and moving forward. So Scarbo, definitely willing to toss, you know, 15, 20 bucks to get this guy and see maybe you get that. Finally, you find the right guy for the Lions. Um, uh, who knows? But the other guys you need to look at first, that would be your Colts running backs, folks. Um, because Marlon Mack, the biggest injury of the day, we're going to talk about that in the next section. Broken hand, required surgery, not expected to be season-ending, but it is going to require him to miss multiple weeks. It's not just a one-week injury for 
Marlon Mack. So where do you turn to? Well, there's multiple guys, but the first one in uh, next man up was Jonathan Williams. Gets 13 carries for 116 yards um, and just looked like he was steamrolling through everyone. Uh, anybody behind this line, you know, we talked about surrounding talent. For receivers, obviously quarterbacks, crucial. But for running backs, offensive line is as important as it gets and maybe the best line in the league, if not certainly top three. The Indianapolis Colts, Quentin you know, Nelson has just helped turn around the toughness of them. And they've really hit on some second and third rounders to really bolster the interior of that line. And, and they've been beastly. And the, the holes for Marlon Mack, yeah, Mack's a great talent, yes, but he isn't overly special. So anyone behind that line could really do some damage. And right now, Jonathan Williams, again, 116 yards on 13 carries is insane. The other guy you look at, Naeem Hines, 17% owned. He only got three carries, but get one a touchdown on one of them. Hauls in three balls for 24 yards. If game flow uh, warrants, you know, the pass catching, that's going to go to Naeem Hines. Uh, and facing Houston on Thursday night football, I wouldn't be shocked to see that game flow go right in the direction of a, a Hines style game. We do have to make sure to mention Jordan Wilkins, only 1% owned, is expected to be fine. He says he's ready to go against the Texans. He was only questionable coming into the week, so he might also be worth an add. And he could also just ruin everything, throw a wrench in here. That kind of destroys the value of every single uh, running back. That would really blow. So let's hope Wilkins isn't active. Uh, let's hope you know Reich does choose a clear-cut lead back. But Wilkins and Williams, both worth stashing to figure it out. I would even potentially throw Williams into my lineup this week. We just saw... Um, the, the Ravens steamroll the Texans on the ground. Gus Edwards for 112. We'll, we'll talk about him soon. Um, but yeah, you, you can get some some Colts action this week. If I you know needed a running back stream, toss another 15, 20. I'd go to Bo. I think Bo's going to be safer, to be honest, and it has a longer rest of season value. I just don't know what's going to happen between Williams and Wilkins. My guess is Williams gets the first crack at it. Um, another issue for a lot of owners is, of course, as always, tight ends. It just seems to, to never... So we covered Colts running backs. Um, it's always ugly. The tight end position is always hideous. Uh, and this year is no exception to that rule. Thankfully, though, there are actually a few intriguing options here. And again, if you have any waiver questions, get them on out here. But let's start to give you some tight end options who could you know, cure your ales uh, here at the, the awful position in fantasy football. The first guy I'd look at, no doubt about it, Jacob Hollister. I'd be willing to throw down 15, 20, maybe even 30 if I was desperate at tight end because he is in that invaluable Seattle Seahawks tight end role. They've always targeted those guys voluminously in the red zone. Wilson loves those. We saw Jimmy Graham lead the league in red zone targets and touchdowns just a couple years ago. Will Disley, whatever the fuck a Will Disley is, was having himself a season for the ages before going down, for the ages for, in terms of <laughs> streaming tight ends. But yes, a great season, scoring touchdown after touchdown. Even last year, Will Disley was having some injuries before going down. And now Hollister, three touchdowns over his last two games, 99 yards in that span as well uh, on 12 catches between those two games. The guy has become that new red zone Seattle weapon. And even, you know, one-handed, ridiculous snags, getting two feet down, really athletic as a you know, former Patriot. Uh, I've seen this guy play. He's an athletic guy. So he's getting open. Uh, you can split him out wide. You can do a lot of different things with Hollister. So if I was you know, needy at tight end, he's 32% owned, so a little more higher owned than a lot of these other guys. Uh, but that'd be the first spot I look. If not him, Dallas Goddard's only 19% owned. Uh, he hauls in his th uh, third touchdown through four weeks, and he's become that, like, you know, they all key on Ertz in the red zone. 
Dallas Gart sneaks by, gets the, the secondary safety, and just is blowing through him. He's such an athletic freak when he's drawing that week of coverage, only 19% owned. Uh, the yardage has obviously been leaving a lot to be desired. He hasn't topped 40 yards uh, in, in any of these games, but the, the red zone trips I don't think are fluky. I wouldn't be shocked to see this guy end the season with 12, 14 touchdowns on the year just in this number two role because teams are you know rolling the coverage to everyone else. He's sneaking by. He's at 12, 9, 9.7, 5.9, and 11.1 over those last few weeks, and if not him, Ryan Griffin for the Jets, 3% owned, uh, catches five targets for 109 yards and a TD in their win over the Redskins. The guy has 10.6, 22.6, 8.3, and 19.4. So like two blowups in his last four weeks. And then a couple useful ones, and then obviously complete duds. But again, what are you getting at tight end anyways right now? I guess Oakland, Cincinnati, and Miami in his next three. Definitely some potential blowout spots. Now that we know Herndon's on the IR and that Griffin has this job to himself, Darnold's really been looking to this guy quite often. Uh, great touchdown upside. Gase's system has often been very uh, friendly to tight ends, especially in the red zone. Julius Thomas had like a 15 touchdown season when Gase was over in Denver. I would not be surprised to see Griffin and continue to roll again, especially in those cake matchups these next three weeks coming up. Um, so Griffin, just another guy you can look at. And last but not least, Noah Fant, uh, 28% owned, so among the more higher owned ones. He probably the last one I look at, but man, 23 targets over the last three weeks since Sanders left. He isn't doing a whole ton on him. So last week, he had an unbelievable athletic catch and run play um, and blew up. Gets up to 60 yards on his 11 targets, only four catches on it. So it goes to show the inconsistent hands, the inconsistent trust with Allen. But he's really, uh, not trust, just inconsistent rapport. Uh, but clearly Allen does trust him and like him and he's given him his chances. And he's really involved into that, that number two behind only Cortland Sutton in this offense. So who knows if Drew Locke's going to end up coming in or what's going to happen there. But Fant has been carving out this meaningful role. Rich Scangelarello was with the 49ers last year and knows what you can do with an athletic tight end. George Kittle, that breakout year. Don't be shocked to see Noah Fant continue to have big games down the stretch if this target share continues. Uh, so that's it for tight end woes. Got two more waiver wires, and then we're going to hit uh, the injuries and all your questions. The menu got a little fucked up, as you can tell here. Uh, but Cobb and Renfro are next on the list for anyone needing wide receivers. I wanted to group these two slot mavens together. Cobb being the first option because he has just been blowing up lately. Uh, goes for 115 yards. That's the second straight week he's been over 100 uh, and gets another score too. So 19 or more fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. Uh, six for on a six and a, a touchdown the week before. Four, 115 and one. Just looking as elusive as he ever has. Getting behind the defense. They're you know, sending him um, on some very vertical routes. Using him very well right now, Kellen Moore is. Um, and when they're drawing number three corners here now for Cobb because Gallup's crushing it, Cooper drawing the number ones, he's just roasting these guys. It's like the old Packers offenses when you had Jordy and you know James Jones and Cobb and how, how do you defend that? That's what it almost looks like with Dak and all these weapons uh, just thriving in the system. Over 400 yards yet again for the guy uh, with three touchdowns. Dak has been a monster. What a year this guy's having. He's going to get paid uh, some insane money. And Cobb is coming into his own. They got a tough schedule for these next three, four weeks. But when you got the third or fourth guy on those tough teams, often that means you're going to be the one to end up picking it up. So I don't hate Cobb at all as a stretch one ride receiver uh, potential streamer, especially in this next you know 
very loaded bye weeks. And I mentioned Hunter Renfro catches five catches on uh, six targets, 66 yards. The guy has become just that locked-in security blanket for Derek Carr. He's led the uh, Raiders in targets since week eight with 21 catches at the 18 and receiving yards with 245. Uh, I get Tyrell Williams banged up for a bit of that, but he's become that middle-of-the-field weapon at the expense of Darren Waller, at the expense of Tyrell Williams. Uh, so we're seeing Renfro, a guy that could be uh, some you know stretch run value to you. Last but not least, I could be would be remiss if I didn't mention during this part of the year. It is cuffing season. It's getting cold outside. You need to you know warm up with the the, the boo thing. When I say boo thing, I'm talking about 200 pound beastly running backs that can make you feel warm and cozy if your lead guy goes down. You gotta get your insurance policies, folks, especially if you got these locked in RB ones and these elite offenses that would become beasts. We're talking about Alex Madison at number one for my handcuff rankings. 29% owned. Playoff schedule, Detroit second most points. Chargers eighth. Green Bay sixth. That is an amazing schedule for this guy. Uh, and and so, you know, if that, anything happens to Dalvin Cook, man, he's been healthy all year. I don't want anything to happen to him. Um, but we've seen those injury woes hit in the last two years. Could definitely see Alex Madison being a stretch run season winner. Um, for you guys. Also, Gus Edwards. You saw what he could do. 112 yards and a TD in that Week 11 win over the Texans. Uh, 63-yard touchdown run, just rumbling, bumbling. This is a run-heavy, run-obsessed Greg Roman attack, and Ingram looks as good as he's ever looked, but the guy is going to be 30 in a week or two, and we we see what happens with 30-year-old running backs. I wouldn't be shocked if Edwards makes a start or two. And if so, the way Lamar Jackson's playing and moving this offense with ease, uh, Edwards would be in great spot to rack up touchdown after touchdown like Ingram has all year should he miss time. Uh, so I like Gus Edwards. you got to mention as well Tony Pollard. Uh, we saw him score this week. Very explosive, used well as a wide receiver. And if Zeke goes down, uh, he's got such a like niche little standalone receiving role, Tony Pollard does, that I wouldn't be surprised uh, to, to see... Uh, him become, you know, not not Zeke because he's not the talent of Zeke, but he is so good as a wide receiver. I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, maintains value in that sense. And last but not least, Rashad Penny. Uh, we know how run heavy the Seattle Seahawks are. We know how explosive that offense is with Russell Wilson. Um, and you got Carolina and Arizona in weeks 15 and 16. So if anything happens to Carson, Rashad Penny also offers that, that league winning uh, upside as a handcuff. Alrighty, let's get to your questions that I have missed so far, guys. I know the football game is about to kick off. I have injuries still to get through, but I want to make sure I hit all your questions before uh, the game tonight. Trade Metcalf for Rodgers. All I have is Murray and Rudolph. Wide receiver Hopkins, Chark, Metcalf, Pascal, Hollywood. I don't love Rodgers. And if you got Murray, like, do you really need one? Rudolph cut. Like, you don't need it. This is a 2QB league. If it's 2QB, then yeah, I would do that. Otherwise, I I just see no reason to go out there and and force Rodgers into lineups. He's just, meh. he hasn't done shit. So I don't think, Daniel, I would do that. Steven, Smokey round 16, a steal. Totally agree with that, buddy. Uh, glad you got him. He's been a, one of the best value picks of your entire draft. Dylan Adams, I got Chark. Oh, you already mentioned that one. Hell yeah. Craig, yeah, thanks. LOL. Yeah. Dylan Adams, I think you got this man. Um, yeah, so you, you got you got a great squad there, Dylan. Um, I'm sorry, I just realized you posted that thing twice. 
Um, David, I have Eckler down 14 thoughts. So yeah, I, I, I should be on that meme where the clown's putting on makeup. It would be me me still putting David Montgomery in my lineup. Bryce, that's fantastic. I'm sorry to hear that you're putting him in your lineup still, but yeah, every week, just <laughs> the Joker face, get the, the, the makeup on, man. Oh, it's painful. David, Eckler down 14. Yeah, I, I think he got it, man. Um, but you know, again, I don't know. I kind of, I'm facing Eckler too, and I'm nervous he's going to rip off like a 60-yard touchdown. Hello from Nepal, Jeremiah. Good shit, man. What were you doing over there? Is it uh, a mission? Tr- like, uh, are you doing work there? You, you're there on like, I know you're, you're active in your church. What's got you over in Nepal? I'd love to hear more from you uh, there, Jeremiah. But good to hear from you. Good to see you, man. Kyle Allen has got me 25. Or Keenan has to get 25, dropping cup two weeks in a row, blow it. Yeah, because fucking cup is, just, what a dick he's been, Jose. I'm, I'm fully with you. It's been awful. Uh but Keenan could get it. I mean, they've been good against wide receivers. The Chiefs have, but yeah, it wouldn't be impossible. Sanu Dungon let me down. Diego, oh, he's let us all down, man. That's awful. Um, yeah, it's been awful. Cam Geckle, no more Spotify. Did I miss something? No, man, we just had a tough couple weeks uh, getting stuff done. But we'll be on Spotify this week. Don't you worry, we'll be back. Thank you, killed Tupac, says Dylan Adams. I fucking hilarious. You guys are the best. Uh, Moreno, I would have won if I'd started Samuels. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Steelers, coaches, and trainers. Just bullshit. Made too many weird players in Detroit backfield. A lot to blow on load on Scarborough. I don't know, man. I, I like I like him, CJ. I'm a fan of Scarborough. I think the talent could, could win out there. Um, Murray is on a buy. Rudolph or Foles are my options. Oh, that's what you're saying there. Uh, oh, God, that's pretty ugly, Daniel. Uh, I'd go Foles, though, right? Gets Tennessee uh, without... Malcolm Brown, just a terrible, terrible defense there. Um, all right, Chiefs Kingdom, yeah. Jumping back into the playoff run, I have Fells and Hollister. Should I hang on to them or go for a handcuff? If so, who do I drop? I'd hang on to Hollister for sure, Tunes. To me, he seems like the you know he's right back in that Disley role. He might get you what Disley was doing, which was top six uh, tight end numbers every single week. So I would not be cutting him. Uh, if I was going to cut a tight end, I'd cut Fells. And, uh, yeah, I might do that at this point since you, you won't need him if you're rolling out Hollister every week. Um, all righty, let me run through the injuries. I'm going to go through this rapid fire because i got to get to watching this fucking game that we're about to see. Uh, hopefully a good one. But we mentioned Marlon Mack going to be out for four-ish weeks. Uh, no locked-in timetable yet. Jonathan Williams, 116 yards on 13 carries in his absence. The first guy I'd look to at 4% owned. But Wilkins could come back and screw everything up and make like a three-headed nightmare. So in that case, maybe Naeem Hines, 17% owned, is the top guy, uh, especially with the game flow against Houston this week, looking like it might be more of a Naeem Hines game. James Conner exits early for about the 100 millionth time this year, uh, this time with a shoulder ailment. And now his Week 12 status is up in the air. Just rest the guy. Let Jalen Samuels do his thing and catch 20 balls down the stretch here. Um, James Conner, though, it's too bad because the guy is such a beast when he's out there. But it's, you know, one of those things where the bones are clearly more brittle. Uh, the, the tendons, it's just, uh, you feel for the guy. But when you, you think of injury prone, uh, James Conner definitely is a little more injury prone than your average guy. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously the concussion we all saw. Um but also suffers apparently a knee injury uh, as well. And so Juju potentially going to be out uncertain, they're saying, for Sunday. Uh, now he's he had to battle through multiple quarterbacks. He's now battling through multiple injuries. 
I wouldn't be shocked if they just sit him. It's, it's the Bengals. They don't really need him in there. Uh, and if he's out, Deontay Johnson uh, also dealing with a concussion too. So that becomes the James Washington and Johnny Holton show. James Washington out there in a ton of leagues. Um, I, I would definitely play Washington this week as a streamer if both uh, Smith-Schuster and Johnson sit uh, against that pathetic Bengals defense. In terms of other guys, Hooper and Freeman both were uh, progressing well, according to Dan Quinn, whatever that means. But he said it's definitely possible uh, that they could be out there at practice on Thursday, not expecting them tomorrow on Wednesday uh, to start the week. But they're trending, quote, in the right direction there. Uh, so both guys could be back. So anyone on you know, Brian Hill would probably like that quite a bit. Um, and then we got David Njoku. Likely to be activated off the IR this week. Caught a touchdown in his only active game. Uh, it's such a banged up position. You know, David Njoku could end up getting you some stretch run value. And Robert, this might help answer your question, but Shepard is practicing in full, still not through concussion protocol. So I don't know how you practice in full, not through concussion protocol, whatever. Uh, but he should be returning, in which case Slayton now comes the number three. I would much rather have Debo, who looks at worse than number two. Uh, maybe if Sanders is out for a little bit with this rib injury, the clear-cut number one, and just such a beast talent that after the catch, I love Debo. Uh, moving forward, I would definitely rather have him than Slayton for sure. Uh, and Evan Ingram also expected back. Um, he said, or at least he said uh, he... What was the exact quote here? Evan Ingram, definitely possible he could play. It's supposed to be a multi-week injury, so maybe he gets in there. And their schedule is complete cake for the rest of the season, um, especially in the playoffs. Week 14, Philly. Week 15, Miami. And then week uh, 16, Washington. So a great three-week stretch there to get some serious value. Um, and Shepard, I've seen drop 40% owned right now. With that type of stretch run, he was averaging 16 points per game before going down. Could have some nice value. And Toons, no, Mustard sucks. That game was fucking pathetic. I, I want nothing to do with him. So no, get him off your team. Alrighty, folks, enjoy this Monday Night Football. Hopefully not a shootout because I don't want a lot of points scored tonight because I'm facing Mahomes and Gordon. Hope this was helpful. Let me know if you have any other additional questions in the comments here or DM us, whatever you need. I'm the Wolf of Roto Street at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter. This is the Monday Market Report uh, where we give you your risers, fallers, and injuries every Monday right around 7 Eastern Time on Facebook Live. And if this is a podcast, the Fantasy Fullback Dive, we paved your path to 2019 titles. Only three more weeks to do so. Appreciate any support, sharing, subscribe, all that good stuff. Y'all the best. Thanks so much. And have a great start to your week. We'll see you tomorrow at 5.30 for the Rankings Rundown. We used to have it all. But now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd. And take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go. But at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.